Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. So the conversation that you're about to listen to is with Ross Connolly. Ross Connolly is a Scottish wrestler who's the current British champion and also two-time Commonwealth Games athlete. He's also our wrestling coach of Roger Gracie Academy Lee. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Firstly, I want to apologise. The audio isn't the normal high quality that I expect from my videos. What I didn't want to do is have to film it again as some of the answers that Ross gives offered loads of insight into competing at such a high level as the Commonwealth Games. So again, apologies for the audio. Hope you enjoy it. Right, morning Ross. Sorry about the delay getting started. How are you doing? Thanks for coming down. All good, Dave. Thank you very much for having me on. Superb. I was um, thinking about when we first got in contact, I think it was July last year, we started the sessions in the gym. So we're currently in the gym changing room doing this, this podcast. Um, how have you found being in the area? working with some of the, the clubs that you're working with? It's been brilliant, to be honest, Dave. I couldn't have asked for a, a better start. Um, although, obviously, I'm moving away. Uh, I'm moving down here. Um, it was like a bit closer. It, it was like moving away from home. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, I was moving away from home, but it was like moving to a second home anyway. With wrestling, I was constantly down around about Manchester, greater Manchester area. Um, got a lot of friends in the area too, so um, although I was moving away from home, it was kind of like moving to a second home, so mm-hmm. as I say, I, I couldn't have had a better start down here. And yeah, everyone's been really welcoming, everyone's helped me a lot, and I can't thank everyone. Good man, so who are some of the clubs that you work, you've been working with? Um, so I'm working in uh, two jiu-jitsu gyms, uh, I'm working with yourselves and Roger Gracie Lee, I'm working with Grapple Clinic. Um, also in yeah. so um, I work with M- one MMA in Swinton, Manchester, um, and also a lot of my work is with um, Madrasas, which is like Islamic schools, mm-hmm. um, and they've got wrestling club clubs up and running, and wrestling's part of their well education their curriculum. Mm-hmm. It's a sooner sport, so they're rewarded for participating with good intention in, in yeah. wrestling. So. Yeah, it's, it's kept me busy, but it's been really good. So there's a lot of variation within it, from like jiu-jitsu, yeah. then wrestling for MMA, and then obviously just doing like a wrestling, a, yeah. Yeah, wrestling in general. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been good, and it's helped me a lot with my understanding of, it's not, I can't go into a jiu-jitsu gym, I can't go into an MMA gym and just teach it pure wrestling. Mm-hmm. Obviously my background is completely in wrestling, I've not really dabbled in anything else. Yeah. Um, but in terms of that, it's, it's helped me. I can't just go in and show the pure wrestling. There needs to be some adaptations for jiu-jitsu, just like a small one. Yeah, yeah. A small one off the top of my head is, there's no wrestling bits in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> so so yeah. it's sometimes grabbing ankles. Although there are people yeah. buying them now, as we see in the, uh, the lessons and that. So <laughs> pleased to see it, pleased to see it. I'm glad to see I'm rubbing off and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, also like, grabbing ankles and that and jiu-jitsu. It's, it's harder and kicking mm-hmm. away and, and that's just one off the top of my head but on MMA you're constantly thinking about the hands yeah. the distances between you and your opponent are different yeah. and I'm wrestling in jiu-jitsu so in terms of that it's, it's been good it's really opened my eyes and yeah. I, I feel like now I've got a better understanding of the sports individually um, not just as not just seeing it the yeah. wrestler's eyes so. mm-hmm. I suppose um, your preparation, that affects your preparation, and actually you're obviously planning sessions out during your week, what you're going to teach each, each time of the club, um, and that's, that takes a long time, and then it's a prep for each 
discipline. What you, what you might do in jiu-jitsu with us tonight might be different from what you do with the MMA club. Absolutely, yeah, and it is, it is different. Uh, my sessions, my sessions sometimes between um, here with Roger Gracie and Grapple Clinic can be similar. Yeah, I'm not the same because again, participants are different levels, participants have different needs, um, so that does vary. But the general kind of plan for me coaching and jiu-jitsu sessions stays pretty much the same. There is flexibility, but um, I find it much easier to coach wrestling to jiu-jitsu guys. Right. Again, because there's quite a few more, uh, quite a few similarities, or more similarities yeah. than there is between uh, wrestling for MMA. We're going to touch on it at the end, really, but we might as well talk about it now. Like, what are some of the differences that you're seeing um, in terms of maybe gyms, just the gym etiquette, gym um, culture, compared to like wrestling gyms and jiu-jitsu gyms? Um, I think jiu-jitsu gyms have got it on point. I think right. jiu-jitsu gyms are doing much better, and I think wrestling clubs or wrestling gyms are now really trying to use the jiu-jitsu model are slowly trying to, to follow that and that's not just in clubs that's in terms of ho holding competitions oh, right. that's, I think jiu-jitsu has done it really well so what in what way like what um, first of all running them as a business mm -hmm. and people can make a living from yeah. coaching that's weird that in it it's, yeah, it's, it's just happened with jiu-jitsu because judo clubs I'd imagine they run the same yeah, as wrestling maybe the way they come from sports yeah. England and all that kind of stuff but the demand for jiu-jitsu over the last couple well, You'll, you'll know better than the last couple of years, yeah. uh, really skyrocketed. And I think wrestling need to look into more, I think they are, but do it more in depth. How are jiu-jitsu, how is jiu-jitsu taking yeah, like for these members, members in? Like, yeah. And I don't mean just high-level jiu-jitsu players, I mean beginners, how are they getting beginners in the door? Because mm -hmm. ultimately that's what wrestling needs, that's what it needs to survive. Yeah, yeah. They need to get, whether it's kids, newbies, they need to get more members in. They need it's, to a, it's a bit of a taboo subject, to be honest, like that. You have to. People are treating jujitsu gyms like a business, and that's the taboo subject that it's almost seen as like a little bit. Don't really talk about it, but I've got to run it as but a business. That, that's, part, I mean? that's part of the problem in wrestling. Yeah, people are then scared to say a wrestling club's a business mm -hmm. because it's never been. It's not been like that previously, yeah. and as I say, it's becoming more now. But there's still that kind of ah, oh, he's only doing it for the money. Well, yeah, if he can make a living through coaching jujitsu, yeah. coaching. And that's kind of what I'm doing now and I don't doubt there will be people somewhere that are saying, ah, he's, he's doing it for the money or that. Well, yeah, I do, I do need to make a living, yeah. but ultimately that comes from my overriding, my, my passion, my love for the sport. Yeah. Yeah, you give it value, you're offering years, value yeah. from your years of expertise and knowledge. And, and, and why should someone pay for that, for that value? Absolutely, and yeah. if, if I can benefit the sport in any way and improve the next generation of wrestlers or mm -hmm. people coming into wrestling uh, as well as making a career for themselves. Why, 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 why not? Why not? But slowly I think it's coming to a stage where we're hopefully getting away from that but yeah. there's still some dinosaurs that are stuck like no it should just be a, a club that's run the sport completely voluntary uh, mm -hmm. two or three nights a week and well, why? And you have why? a full-time job in yeah, the meantime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, why, why should it be like that? It's not like that. I, I can only speak in terms of wrestling, I'm not so sure in jiu-jitsu, but the top wrestling nations in the world, they're not doing it voluntary, they're not doing mm -hmm. it because it's... There's a, you, you've obviously heard of Gracie Baja. Yeah, of course. So yeah. they're a big like franchise, arguably the biggest jiu-jitsu franchise in the world. Thousands and thousands of gym. 
And there's the running joke online on Instagram that like, they just want money off you. Do you know what I mean? You have to buy all their equipment, all their um, rash guards with all their branding on it and everything. So it is, it's a franchise, it's a money-making mm-hmm. franchise. But they're, they're, they're affording their instructors an opportunity to, to teach it, yeah, yeah, yeah. open their own school, make a career out of it, like we're saying. And the coaches? They've gone to the nth degree. In my opinion, they've gone almost too far where it is just money. capital, yeah, money-making. Yeah. But the models there, like the well, and they're going to keep growing, especially yeah. if they're getting, they're making, making money from it. And as you say, it offers people a chance to be under a, a, a established yeah. brand. Yeah. That straight away attracts people and, and through the door, and that's how the memberships build and cost can build very quickly. Yeah. Um, but I don't doubt that their attention intention initially. Was to benefit the sport just, just to spread, spread and, the, yeah, absolutely. And what, what, how many people have came to the sport to jiu-jitsu because of that brand? Because they've experienced that Gracie Banner definitely session. So, yeah. um, although you can say yeah, they're taking money, but there's also probably a lot of pressure on them in terms of having coaches paying for facility, uh, organising facilities, or all that kind yeah. of stuff. So there's a lot of responsibility on them too. So it's like in, in any organisation, I don't see why. Because it's wrestling or because it's jiu-jitsu, because it's MMA, why it should be any different to any other kind yeah. So wrestling, wrestling must have beginners programs because you obviously started in wrestling at some point. So did they not? Is it uh, not to the same? How? No. Talk about how you got into wrestling. Was it was it for your dad? Are you following your dad's yeah, footsteps? Yeah. So my dad was a, a wrestler uh, previously. He wrestled for Scotland and Great Britain too. Um, um, when I was about four or five, uh, five years old, uh, he was a coach at my local club um, and it just kind of naturally that my dad was going out the door at night to, to wrestling and mm-hmm. I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, so then I, wrestling at that time has been generous, I wouldn't say it was, it was wrestling, I was going and just falling about, rolling about the mat. But you were in that environment. I was in that environment, yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, just over time I, I realised that I really enjoyed it passion for it um, but it was fun to me mm-hmm. the hardest thing that I always found was that my, my mates were going to play away playing football or away playing uh, most of football but maybe rugby or whatever else yeah. doing. and I think it's natural and I think that's what's a problem for a lot of kids when they're, especially when they're younger so mm-hmm. that's kind of school ages that that's easier so I'm going to just go and do something with my, with my friends it's yeah. natural but yeah. also I had that uh, connection with my dad um, Got the wrestling, so then that mm-hmm. uh, helped me with sticking with it. But um, yeah, that was kind of. And then as I got older, up to an older about 2012, then I was I realised I had talent for it. Mm-hmm. Was there a certain point when you thought, do you know what, that's a good idea? So someone will give you the feedback and say, well, not when it comes from the courts, don't it? Was, yeah, well, it so was more like you had like, It was more like, like, yeah. it never really came so much from my dad. My dad was just. A supportive parent, and that's yeah. really what it was. No pressure on so Yeah, and yeah. I think that comes from a lot of parents who have been in the sport itself. It's not a parent that's trying to love their dreams mm-hmm. as a kid. Yeah. He was just a supportive parent. Um, okay, he was a coach, and as I got older and older and older, he probably became less of a coach, and just as a as a dad, even mm-hmm. though he was still coaching teams and stuff, it was just. Yeah. Um, but going back to what you said, um, I was about eleven or twelve, which again sounds sounds young, but. It was, uh, back then it was, I think it was a development squad, but which became the national talent squad. 
um, and the coach, the national coach at the time, Anatoly, had asked me to go and train with the national team. Um, and at that time, the youngest age was 14, but I was only, I think I was 11 turning 12, round about then. Yeah. And I was too light for everyone, I was too young for everyone, really. But I wanted me to go be, be part of the team. And no. at that time, I just felt valued. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Even though I was so young, some like, some I was excited. Yeah. I was so yeah. excited by that, so motivated by yeah. that. Even though I was so young, I was like, this is everything. I was like, wow. Um, and I know, I know we spoke to Charlie previously on mm-hmm. the podcast, but um, at that time, we had a really strong the development squad into the national talent squad was a very strong group. Um, good, good depth of wrestlers, yeah. a lot, of, a lot of numbers on the mat. Um, so when I was kind of called in, they were slightly older than me. When I was called into that group, I was like, wow, this is <laughs> and from there it wasn't that I was like, okay, that's me. That's I just want to be part of this. It was I don't know, I want to, want to do my best. I want to prove yeah. myself. I want to do that. And that comes back to something my dad has said from probably about that age. It's probably about then he started saying this that when it comes to selection disappointments, everything. If you have the results, if you've done the work, then you're not taking out any arguments. Yeah. And that's where people now just still get so sidetracked and they're worried about what everyone else is doing, but he didn't get this result or he's mm-hmm. he's won this tournament, blah 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 blah. And they just take the focus away from the sport and the training themselves. Yeah. If they've got the right results, if they've done the hard work, then it should fall into place. It's not always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. But it just that always kind of gave me that peace of mind. Yeah, if that makes sense. Definitely, yeah, yeah. If you can, you say you give everything. You couldn't have had another training session. You couldn't have had more prepared diets. If the results don't go your way, then there's yeah. nothing to say. Is there, there's mean? always going to be disappointments. Yeah. More disappointment, yeah, yeah. disappointments than um, victories or th- things that are going to mm-hmm. be happy. But that feeling you get when something does pan out yeah. when you do get that kind of thing you're looking for is it overrides all the. <laughs> so you've, am I right in saying you've qualified for two Commonwealth Games? Yes. Gold Coast and Birmingham in, was it 20? 22, 22 yeah, yeah. yeah. What was that experience like and what was, how difficult is qualification for the, for those kind of things? Um, qualification for me, first of all, two both Commonwealth Games, very different experiences right. for me. Ultimately, still the same. Well, one's one in Australia, beautiful sunny <laughs> Well, well, yeah, that, that's one thing, but um, two different experiences. Um, ultimately, the same outcome, and extreme disappointment, to be honest. Uh, but in terms of qualification, qualification for me was much, much more difficult in mm-hmm. um, 2018 for my first Commonwealth Games. Gold Coast, yeah. Gold Coast, yeah. yeah. That was, I just kind of came out into the seniors. I'd, I'd been wrestling seniors since 16, but I'd only just kind of became a senior. And I was still young, I was only 17, 18 when I was trying to qualify. Um, it was hard because I was the younger one in the group. A lot of people wanted to go to the Commonwealth Games because it's in Australia. Older wrestlers coming back, wanting to make the team again because it's in Australia. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know what that. <laughs> What the attraction was with that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what drew them to want yeah. to go to another Commonwealth Games, but um, so for that was like the ultimate. I was constantly having to prove myself every single competition. Yeah, I was, and when it came to that, I had the best qualifying results. Guys that medaled in the previous previous Commonwealth Games, mm-hmm. Glasgow, uh, had better qualifications. Oh, yeah. I had, uh, 
yeah, so we first had to qualify the British Senior Open Championships. It was the first qualifier, I believe. I was second in that. I lost to a guy from Bolton for England, George Rand. Um, oh, George, 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 George before. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a good friend of mine. Um, but at that time, well, even now, but George is a very good wrestler, but also had a lot more experience, a lot stronger than me. Just more developed. Um, George beat me in the final, but I'd still met, met the criteria. Um, the next competition after that, I think, to qualify was Commonwealth Championships in South Africa, where I managed to get a bronze, bronze mm -hmm. medal, which is probably, to me, my, probably my most special result to date, because I knew when I made that, I got that result, they couldn't really not yeah, yeah. me. Um, because so I the was, Commonwealth Championship is different to the Commonwealth Games? Yes, it's usually ran the year before the Commonwealth okay. Games, and it's all the Commonwealth Nations, but they can send two athletes every week. Okay. Commonwealth Games normally can only send one. Uh, there's a couple of exceptions, mm -hmm. but normally just one. Um, and I was only 18. A very, very, very strong competition, very difficult competition. I managed to get a bronze medal. I think I was the only British wrestler to get a, right. get a medal in nice. that But for me, that old, that's more special to me because then I was like, I've done, I've done everything I can. I can't prove myself anymore. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, that was that, that was very special that, that one for me because it solidified that I was like, I sure I must be. Yeah. Um, and then for Birmingham, the selection, what, what was the selection for Birmingham again? Once you've had the Commonwealth Games, I'm right in saying now that the Commonwealth Games is every four years as well, but four. the Olympics is in between each Commonwealth Games. Yeah, yeah. by two years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so is, once you've what happens after you finish Commonwealth Games, do people just start thinking, right, it's Olympic Games next? Or is the Olympic qualification on a different like kind of parallel? Yeah. Do you, do you yeah, get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the Olympic qualification is extremely difficult. And other sports like athletics and uh, even boxing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Most other sports where they do have big representation at Olympic Games and Commonwealth Games, yeah, they'll be like ultimately their full year cycle will be based on the Olympic Games. Yeah. Commonwealth Games in there is just a bonus. But when it comes to Commonwealth Games time they'll be fully committed to Commonwealth Games. Okay. After Commonwealth Games they'll be straight back to the Olympic Games. Yeah. Um trying to think of a Commonwealth uh, qualification for Birmingham. I know it was very it was very similar, the Commonwealth Championships before Birmingham were cancelled due to COVID. Right. They were meant to be South Africa again. Well, were meant to be flying like three days before and then there was a new Omri was it Omricon that that's that, the, uh, yeah. in Af Africa that right. came around. So um but just going back to a bit of experience of both from both very special experiences. Like it's really it's, it's hard to explain what the experience for them is like mm -hmm. to if you've not kind of been a part of it. But yeah. It's like how I describe it, especially in Australia when it was Athletes Village and everything like that and you're having breakfast and Johan Blake and said your Tom Daly's walking around. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a bit surreal, but for that full time you the same but I mean you feel like you're in a bubble. You've just got everything everything you can think about. Yeah. Is can be, and I can imagine the Olympics being on a scale even yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've got every kind of medical support you need, physio Unbelievable food, all foods around the world. Um, nice accommodation. Just yeah, and that would be very special. It's like yeah. it's hard to explain and um, very unique and it's also a great privilege to do. That's the highest honour you can represent like Scotland or England. Because like after that it's, it's Team GBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But for, for me, representing Scotland, that's yeah, that's clear. Cool. Yeah. Is there any moment that sticks out off top of your head that like might not mean anything? Might not need to be related to like victory on the match or anything, but any particular moment that sticks out as to like you know what I'll remember that I remember that. Yeah, and f- in my first ones in Australia, there's a, there yeah. is a moment. And um, the only person I've had, the only time I've had actually mentioned this, well, or somebody noticed it, was my coach was standing beside me when we were about to walk out for the opening ceremony in Australia. And Scotland, because they had hosted the previous games in Glasgow, were um, the first team to walk out into the stadium mm-hmm. in Australia, like the following games. And when we, f- like, we were waiting to go in the stadium, and we were quite near the front, semi near the front, and the flag, Scottish flag, went up at the front, and I don't know, I just kind of got this. wasn't I wasn't crying, but I got this kind of overriding like emotion. I like, wow, like, yeah, like, and I think my coach kind of seen it in my face. I was just, I felt so proud and so, I don't know, I'm, I'm all emotional with it. Yeah. I didn't shed any tears. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like an overriding this wave of emotion that just was like, and then the national anthem started playing and stuff like that. And that that, that moment. I was just like, wow. You talk about crying and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm, I'm not Scottish whatsoever. Um, do you remember a boxer called Ricky Burns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. boxing, yeah. Nice yeah. from the coast of me. All right. Yeah. Where is it? Where are you, where are you from? I'm from Cumberland. Cumberland. He's from, I think, Coke Bridge, right. which is like next time. So I used to be a big fan of Ricky Burns. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so much into boxing at the moment, well, recently, like, but when I was growing up, I was massively into boxing. Mm-hmm. And Ricky Burns just come out, and he always came out to the floor of Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fucking hell, I sometimes. Yeah, I'd be watching it and all the crookers predominantly he'd, he'd fight in Scotland yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the crowd would be singing this song back to him or with him and that when he'd come out. And even me as like no part Scotsman whatsoever, like just be like, Jesus, that's emotional, that man. Yeah, yeah. Char- Charlie loves that too when they do it at the Scottish football games. He loves it when yeah. they start singing, oh come on. And yeah, it's, it's, it's so like you had stand up and that. Oh, yeah. That's how I felt in that in yeah. that moment. I was just like, this this is unbelievable. But then okay, a couple of nights you can enjoy it, whatever. But ultimately, we're there to do mm-hmm. yeah, performing yeah, that form. Yeah, um, yeah that Commonwealth Games was more about for me. I, I didn't have too many, too much expectation going into the competition. I came off of the back of that really good result in the December in South Africa, the Commonwealth Championships, obviously. But realistically, I was like, I know this is going to be difficult, but I was like, I need to take in this experience because in four years time in Birmingham, I want to be standing. Yeah on that podium. Um, so I lost in very dis- very, very, very disappointing fashion to a guy who just completely took me by surprise. A guy who had no footage on it in, in right. the match. We had footage for I think I can't remember how many people on the way, but we had footage on every single guy besides this guy. Person you got and he was just very tall, very very dangly, very strong. He was aggressive from the first this one, he just kinda I probably froze a bit in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went uh, maybe frozen isn't the right word, but I got, maybe got a bit of a shock. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was trained. I, I think I lost four points in the first like, 20 seconds. Then I was chasing, I got it back to I think four each. And then I lost another four points, I think I lost eight, eight four in the end, which was, which was extremely disappointing. I knew that he wasn't going to win again, I knew that was my competition over. Yeah. Um, but dusted myself off. Um, and then, yeah, up until between Gold Coast and uh, Gold Coast and Birmingham, 
was my feel that I really developed as a wrestler. I became a much, much better wrestler. Mm -hmm. I moved up weight categories, I moved up that or two by the time I wrestled. But what what weights were then? What weights was you at Gold Coast? 57 kilograms. And then what at Birmingham? 65. Right. Was that just you growing up yeah. and maturing, or did you purposely like? I purposely went to 65. Between the two weights, there's a non Olympic weight category which wouldn't have been in Birmingham. So right. I had to go either had to stay 57 or go to 65. Yeah. So for the first year, 18 months, I wrestled 61, which I felt good at as well, and I could have probably stayed 61, mm -hmm. but I had to then try and build in the last two so years. So were you doing any weights and that changing on your diet yeah. and that, or did you just naturally grow bigger as you get more? I naturally grew, yeah, I naturally grew, but I also then had to implement, implement much more strength conditioning, yeah. my coach was really good at that. Obviously I had to eat more, but it was more the fact that I didn't have to worry about so much having all this weight or anything, so. yeah, of course. Uh, and then with that, I think my body naturally just needed that volume of food, needed that strength conditioning. Strength conditioning was massive for me. When I was 57 kilos, I never done it. Right. Very rarely I done it. I, done, I liked conditioning when I was like running, but strength side of it, I never really done. Yeah. And it was definitely detrimental to me because it was like I started strength conditioning quite late, right. probably. Yeah. Um, but it was because I didn't, I really didn't enjoy it. I really didn't enjoy it, and part of that was probably because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But once I started doing it, I get the bug for it, and, I, and now it's like a staple. Now I, I do that, I'm not wrestling as much working on children like that, but uh, now I'm doing much more strength conditioning yeah. than anything else. So. How do you deal with, because um, obviously like you're trying to peak, so the, whatever, the cycle's four years then, yeah. two Commonwealth Games in it, so you, you're similar to the Olympic Games, like you're trying to peak to perform in like four years time, or the two years if you start the qualification. How do you deal with like, you've got to train hard, but you obviously don't want to get injured. Is there much, uh, maybe um, a word that's put on that, or do you just train as hard as you can, hopefully you're not injured by the, by the start of the Commonwealth Games? A lot of, it, a lot of that is luck. Right. Uh, you know what it's like, it yeah. can, you can be, unfortunately you can be injured just before, you can be ill before, and stuff like that, and you just need to try and deal with that. Uh, in terms of the four years, it's just that the window's so yeah, small in yeah, it yeah. to make sure you're in like tip top condition yeah, and yeah. performance. I'd say in terms of like, the four years, it's just I had, I don't know anyway. I can't speak for anyone else, but I just took it all the small targets like so. I took my year goals of okay English national championships, maybe one or two uh, international, uh, maybe two or three international competitions called the European or World Championships, a British national championships. Um, so then, they were my goals for the year. Mm -hmm. Birmingham or Gold Coast were the, always in the back of my mind. They were yeah. like the, the end point. But never that thinking too far ahead. Well, no, yeah. I wasn't every day. Sometimes I, some days I had to use it as motivation. Days I did, was tired, I didn't want to train, I didn't feel 100%. You had to extrapolate. I had to, I had to, I had to go back and move and think, yeah. I need this today, okay, I need to do this. But my goal, from day to day or week to week in training was to be ready for English Championships, European Championships, the, the British Championships, World Championships, whatever. They, they were my goals day to day, week to week, get yeah. better. And technically, trying to improve te technically strength, strength conditioning and stuff like that as well. As, as I say, they were that, the Commonwealth Games was the end goal and as I had to pull motivation from it, but it wasn't. I couldn't be obsessed with that because it's three years away. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Because so the, the shorter, closer goals were what kept you ticking over to get When you were feeling down or less motivated, or because not everybody wants to get out of bed in the morning, like it's no. cold and rain outside and go and train. The motivation for that was the long term yeah, goal that pulled you through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's interesting, yeah. Uh, my, my, my job when I come in to work with you guys, um, but by the way, I, I will say this, um, not just saying it because you're here, I've, to, I've told many people this, it's a session that I genuinely really look forward to every week, because it, and that's because of the atmosphere and mm -hmm. the guys here. Not, I'm not, not going to say that, but um, unbelievable, like technically or anything like that, it's coming, it's, it's, we're working yeah. on it, but the feel of the gym, everybody's so friendly, everybody's so welcoming, and, it's a, and that comes from you, obviously, that's a culture that you've created in here. I appreciate that. It's yeah. um, so one thing I try and do is, like people remember how you make them feel, all that, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you come yeah. Here, eventually you'll, you'll improve, but yeah. if you want to come in have a good time, yeah, everyone's that, having a good crap. That was something I felt from the very first day yeah. I came in, I felt, felt welcome in the gym, I felt yeah. everyone's got good Fantastic fans. Fantastic, man. Friendly, so I appreciate that feedback. Um, but yeah, my job, or my role when I come in to help you guys is to improve you guys as ultimately jiu-jitsu players are help your jiu-jitsu if there's small details that I can offer from wrestling that can contribute towards that then I feel like I've done, I've done my job mm -hmm. and that comes back to like I said before about um, what did I say before about jiu-jitsu yeah. ah understanding the sport more sorry yeah understanding the sport for it in its own capacity mm -hmm. better, then I can try and relate it back to yeah to to wrestling and, and maybe make some adjustments. And, and if you've got that kind of mindset, and I think that you have from the short time that I know you, I think that will be something that is a motivation for you as well. That because you maybe I don't know what your knowledge was of jujitsu before starting it, but nothing zero. You could like think, wait, how can I tell this single leg trap more specific for jujitsu? Because I know we we done previously in a session there was a certain position that I. Um, spoke to you about and you was like well this is how it works in wrestling and then we kind of put the jiu-jitsu yeah, 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 yeah. it was the same idea when it be yeah, a skate yeah, wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and that that's like that can happen in any position we can adapt it's not like i'm a, a dictator but no this is how you do it blah 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 i'm, I'm flexible and, mm -hmm. and i'm open to try and improve my understanding too because yeah. if I can improve it in here when I'm working for you guys then it's another strength of my bow and I can go and offer, offer to another jiu-jitsu gentleman if a jiu-jitsu player comes and wants to wrestle with me or do a PT then already have that yeah. understanding and it's something you mentioned in the MMA as well you've got to think about punches and that aspect of it now so that's going to and even it's a relatively new um, aspect of the sport and it wall wrestling yeah because obviously freestyle wrestling you're in a you're on the mat, there's no walls yeah. or cage doors or anything like so. How do you, I mean, I'm not really a massive MMA fan, I do watch it, but just out of interest, how do you, how do you deal with that? Or how that's do you learn to? That's interesting, I'm still trying to learn a bit about wall wrestling. Do, uh, I do it more with the guys at 1MM in uh, Swinton. Uh, yeah, there's been a few sessions where we've covered stuff on the wall. I've not suggested that, I've been asked questions about it. I would, I wouldn't go into the session and start coaching from the wall. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's better for the MMA or the grappling coaches yeah. that they have in the gym because they understand the MMA kind of cage thing better. But I've offered just a couple of, if I, I've went into the positions that I've been, for example, stuck on the wall and I've tried to feel for myself. If I've tried to understand. Yeah, and if you've experienced the feeling. Then, then I try and relate it back to wrestling. Mm -hmm. How, how, what I would do, if I, if I was stuck on that wall, what would I do? Yeah. But I made that clear to the guys, look, I've never been in a MMA cage, and I've never been had a guy striking me and I'm stuck against the wall. But if it was in wrestling, this is what I would do. Mm -hmm. or if, I, if I was in that situation, this is what I'd do. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm stuck, that's, that's an area I'm really trying to 
try to understand as well. It's, yeah. it's, it's you difficult. Got to, sorry, go on. It's difficult. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's part of that. And I know from myself, like, although, yeah, I got my black belt in May last year, and I read this post the other day and I thought that, that like, sums it up to a T that, that my game, my attributes, long, lean, lend themselves to certain techniques, certain moves. 100%. That I may be proficient enough to be worthy of the rank of black belt. Where there's other positions, maybe that I've got a good enough knowledge of it, but that I necessarily don't. Maybe I'm not black belt level in that position. That's why the technique has, I mean, you have spoken about it in here as well. Just use your strengths, use yeah. your uh, use your tools, yeah. use, use what you have to offer. There, there is some techniques that for you, because you are tall, you've got longer arms, it's going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, we spoke about uh, you going under, mm-hmm. you can you can go, you can reach, you can pull the leg. Yeah. You get a long reach. There's other there's other times for a shorter guy. It's difficult. Maybe easier for them to go around the sides. Yeah. Um, as, as opposed to going under and getting stuck. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just it, it, you need to use what what you have, and um, it's not a one size fits all. Yeah. And that kind of kind of comes back to what I've, I kind of see my coaching philosophy is everyone's different, mm-hmm. and if you try and coach everyone the same, then it's not going to work. It will work for one or two, one or two maybe people who are really talented or people who have a very good understanding of the sport. Yeah. But in general, I don't, I don't believe that's, that's work. It's hard in a class because you need you to do a general yeah. position or a general technique. But then that's why I like to go around, give individual feedback and just be like, oh, maybe you could do it like this. Maybe yeah. you could think about a, uh, setting the technique up from here. And uh, That's been one of the things that I've been... Um, not like it's not like I'm analysing your your coaching <laughs> protocols as walking around, but that is one thing that I have noticed that although you, you give like one general position or technique during the class, the options you're giving everybody are kind of specific and tailored to what they might do. In my opinion, uh, jujitsu I'm sure it'll be the same, but I think it gets wrestling gets overcomplicated. People think there's a hundred million techniques. There's maybe Four techniques, there's maybe 10, 15, right, whatever. There is, there is mm-hmm. a, quite an, an amount of techniques. The technique stays the same, okay? If, I'll do it different to you, you'll do it different to me, okay? That's fine. But the finish, uh, the, the beginning and the end, sorry, is what is going to differ. Yeah. How you set that technique up, how you finish that technique, depending on how your opponent reacts. So, if, for example, if I go to a single leg, you're going to react different to me taking a single leg on you compared to me reacting, yeah, if you take it on me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And having options depending on how they move, how they react, how they apply their weight on you. Having options to finish there is how we're going to complete the technique. The, the single leg, pretty much other than a couple of technical details, positioning, gripping, is a single leg. Yeah. But the, the beginning, how you get to that leg, can be different, and how you finish that technique. Mm-hmm. I think it yeah. different. That makes perfect sense. Um, and I think that's where it becomes over, overcomplicated. People are like, well, it's the same as jiu-jitsu, there's, there's a million and one positions, techniques, whether you're top, bottom, side control, and the best way I've kind of found to simplify it to a certain degree is you need one or two options, options for each position. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if you're in close guard, for example, if you have like one, one sweep, one submission, maybe two, one sweep to each side, a couple of submissions, that's all you really need, but... Yeah. I mean, there's an encycle, there's an encyclopedia written on what to do from close guard. And it all, it all depends what suits you yeah. and what you like. It's 
Yeah, so not a one size fits all. Um, and that's what I find you'll know yourself with beginners mm-hmm. when you do a technique on them and they don't react. There's no reaction. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's actually more difficult. difficult. Oh, 100%. I think, all. I, I think that's a million things more difficult on a beginner because there is no reaction where there's no movement. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's why as well, I think, because wrestling is relatively new for us as a club. We're obviously trying to get better with like, like everything, we're trying to get better and trying to improve. Wrestling with each other, like we're trying to be loose, trying to be relaxed, but because we are getting tense, we're not like moving the same as we would to be able to get the entries. Yeah, for, yeah, 100%. For yeah, I think that comes from, you're right, you're right about being more intense, but I think that comes from a lot of that hesitation we, we spoke about it in the yeah. classes. I think, especially in terms of taking the shot, shooting for the legs, so, not just in so many in jiu-jitsu or MMA, they hesitate so much and it becomes very easy for the defender to defend. Mm-hmm. You need to commit to that shot 100%, but that confidence only comes from one, drilling, working, working yeah, reps, 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 reps until you're bored of it. That, that muscle memory, that movement, like knee over toe, it's not a natural movement. And it's not, especially when you're in a wrestling round or a grappling yeah. round, it's, not, na- it's not natural. But if you do it a million times, it will become much more natural. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, with that drilling, with that trying, becomes a confidence of where, when you're in a round, okay, I'm Go going to explode through, through this guy, I'm going to go as fast as uh, 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And then just be confident in your options. Then, if he does defend him, okay, what's your plan B? What's your plan C? What's mm-hmm. your plan B? Uh, and with that, then you'll have the confidence in it because you know what you want to do. Yeah. In the next next steps, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'll get it. Yeah. Uh, but that's also hard to teach if you need to have that initial movement first. Not uh, yeah. like that knee over toe or the exploding towards the legs, head up, um, mm-hmm. legs up to drive. It's there's a lot of things going on at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's hard to break habits. It's something I'm really big on just trying to instill good habits. Good, and I don't mean that's not me even talking about like a personal life or their training or whatever. That the, the, the habits are up to them, but I mean on the mat, technical habits, good technical habits. Nothing. Sorry, we did something last night. Sorry to interrupt you. Man. Um, we did a position last night. We went round to the back. Uh, we was in the gear as well, but we went round to the back, and I went cross hip, and it was all. Oh, it was like. Fucking Ross, what about you then? <laughs> I forgot about that. I think she got that. That's what I mean, yeah. Lucky I've never seen that. Lucky I've never seen that. Uh, well, like that, technical habits. Yeah. And um, it's having a good, 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 good basics. Really good basics. That's what the best guys in the world have. Mm-hmm. It's like Jiu-Jitsu, fundamentals. Even football. People want to be like, go on to the flashy stuff and that. Like, but if you've got a good base, solid fundamentals yeah, yeah. and that. If you, don't have a good, if you don't have a good base for the house, the house is going to fall down, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same while it's wrestling, jiu-jitsu, football. Football, touch, pass. You can do that well, then. But yeah. wrestling's the same. The top guys know how to do the basics, right? Mm-hmm. Do that well. And then from there, you can build, build your style, build your techniques, build your arsenal. Yeah. Um, but it's hard, especially with Instagram, social media, and that. People want to run before they can walk. I know. Uh, and I think sometimes coaches don't help that. If you want to get better at sport, then you need to do the boring stuff mm-hmm. time after time after time after time. After yeah, time. definitely. I mean, I, I get guilty that I'm... It's hard to... Before you're trying to cater for yeah, yeah, the yeah. brand new beginners coming in 
and your more established high level, uh, high grades. And I felt guilty sometimes of catering for the, the guys who've been around for a while, purple belts, and like, forgetting about the beginners, and then I'm like, all right. No, I'm such a In that regard, I think, I think you're right. I think the beginners will learn from the other guys in the room. Yeah. But if you kept just going backwards and work, planning the session around the beginners, then they're going to get bored at the high They're going to get bored, but they're never going to get better either. Yeah, yeah. Is that what they're up Yeah, it's hard. And it's, I know my, my dad said a couple of rants to me on the phone recently about coaching in Glasgow that the inconsistent people coming to sessions and you, you get a, a couple of weeks of training with a certain group and then guys drop off, but then if new guys come in, or you get guys who don't come week after week, they come back after six weeks and they want your full attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and and he, he says you can't plan sessions, he says it's really difficult. But for me, I think you plan it to, this is just my opinion for now, and that might change. It's different with kids, as different with mm. kids. But with adults, I, I try to cater it to the level of the general class, like isn't the, the majority, um, and then their level will bring up the other guys in the room. Yeah. But it's also then the beginner's responsibility to extra training sessions. Ask, mm. que ask questions. Yeah. Just ask questions. If, You'll see it in there, I, I, I love it when somebody asks a question, oh, because then it allows me then to try and of course, off, yeah, offer yeah. options, yeah. Offer, offer my thoughts, and they're not always right, by no means, I don't think I'm always right, but mm -hmm. if I can try and make a difference to someone just starting on the graph and journey, then yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's definitely that. I think my approach to it is I've got a loose kind of lesson plan, what I want to try and achieve in that lesson, but it's buggy enough to be flexible with it later yeah. I mean, depending if we get all high grades to the class or if it's all beginners then it's flexible enough to, to be able to like deliver a different, a different but it's hard and again a balance and again to what we spoke about at the beginning because it is a business it's your livelihood in some respects that's where you've got to be conscious of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. I understand that. longevity of people continuing training and keeping um, also with the credibility of the club for sure but you want the, the, the new numbers on the door that, yeah. Yeah. and that, that's where I'll maybe learn that more firsthand when if it comes to me starting a club or starting, yeah. a, starting as a business then I'll maybe then have to mm -hmm. it's easy for me to sit here and say or oh, it should be okay, yeah. there, but you're right 100% you need the people coming through the door it's hard um, it's, it's hard to find that balance and that's what I think Jiu Jitsu does really well though is about like when they do beginners courses about beginners yeah. classes yeah. then they do like a competition class or they do like a you know what I mean yeah, yeah there's different levels and, and like I think that. that's really good wrestling very rarely like, there's like I know there's one or two clubs or a couple of clubs that have it now but most clubs like my dad's club in Glasgow mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't have that it's just one, right. one session which is where he's finding, finding yeah. it difficult uh, I think there's only two clubs that I'm aware of in the northwest. There's probably more like you, probably a better knowledge than me. One in Bolton, there's Bolton Wrestling in there, and there's Asphalt, which is obviously. There's just quite a lot. Of, see, the north, of, north of England is the, the, like, the, the most popular area for wrestling. Right, okay. by, by far. There's loads, there's. I don't want to offend anyone in case I don't Yeah, there's a lot. There's, <laughs> a, there's a lot of clubs in the area, and well established clubs yeah. as well. Um, been long, long running, and I could never understand when I was in Glasgow. Like, Again, this is kind of, I'm not going to go into it too much because there's always, always a kind of politics between clubs and that, as, as it always is. Yeah. But for me, being in Glasgow with one or a couple of clubs, I always looked at it and I thought, oh, it must be amazing to be there because there's wrestling, 
everywhere and that and it's not until I've actually been down here more consistently yeah. last six months I realise that it's maybe not being utilised the, 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 mm-hmm. the popularity of wrestling as, it, as, as well as it could have been yeah. or should be but, yeah. um, but there's always going to be the politics right? it's politics it's, I won't, we won't go into that like, uh, it's not for the scope of this podcast but there's all sorts of cross training politics and that's a, uniform uh, politics and a, lot, a lot of it comes down to yeah. cross training so yeah. Um, but yeah crazy so just to finish off before we finish mate We've touched on some slightly already. You walk into jiu-jitsu gyms, you've got the experience you've got as a wrestler. What are some of the kind of the, the pet peeves you see in, in terms of the wrestling from jiu-jitsu guys? Like stuff that we maybe you talked about it before, like back out of it. Can I start with from lying on my back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, think. What is your what is your first impressions of jiu-jitsu wrestling? Anyway, shit. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> um, no, it's just, I'll tell you one pet peeve, maybe. Because um, we're joking about it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. pet no, peeve can be a, a, a general pet peeve, and it's, it's, it's not a one person or one class or one group mm-hmm. in particular. Obviously, like, you, guys, you guys have a wrestling, a, a wrestler to come in, and I understand that I'm trying to cater it, as I mentioned before, jiu-jitsu, yeah. I'll make it specific to jiu-jitsu. But everyone seems to like the idea of improving the wrestling. Everyone seems is always on it like, oh, I need to want to improve my wrestling, want to improve my wrestling. But when I provide or when they get given alternatives or suggested other options or suggested to change the older habits, they find it very, very difficult. Right. They find it very difficult, they find it more comfortable, I think, to stick to the old habits, which to me a lot of the time it's not wrong, but it could be better. Yeah. Yeah. So and you don't have a technique, you mean? So they're all that's, that's, more a technique, that's more in te- a technical sense, yeah. 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 Like, if they find it more comfortable, they'll try it. They'll maybe find it difficult because it's it's not habit. Yeah. It's not routine for them yet. Yeah. They've only done it four or five times. Repeti- I mean, five, four or five repetitions. I think and from then, my point of view, a coaching point of view, I like to see, and I try and do it when you teach us something in the class, and then we do the wrestling drills at the end. Yeah. And this is something I try and still in the the guys and girls at the gym, it's not always about trying to win in that scenario, it's about trying to utilise what you've been taught or what you've learned or trying something new. So if you teach us a single entry, that might not be my game, but I will try and do that in the specifics. Is that what you're yeah, trying yeah, to get? Yeah, yeah, it'd yeah, be yeah. easy for me to go, fuck that, I'm not trying to do a single entry, oh, yeah, I'm going to go yeah, for a snap down because I'm taller every time. 100%. Yeah. And, it's, and again, it's not a one size fits all. What I, should, yeah. what I suggest in the session might genuinely might just not work for someone. But then ask me if there's another option, if yeah. there's another way to do it. It's like sometimes I feel like it's yeah, it's just more comfortable for them to stick in their old habits, but their old habits maybe aren't working. Yeah. And if you want to get better, if you want to improve, then okay, you're going to have to try and take on information. Trying to mm-hmm. uh, that taking on information is something I'm finding I'm finding difficult working with kids, but that's <laughs> that's another story. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, just don't always look at what I'm demonstrating. Oh, try and look, watch what I'm demonstrating, watch what I'm showing, watch what I'm saying. But listen to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think that's something I've really picked up on the last couple of weeks. Not just not just in jiu-jitsu gyms, or not just with in MMA. It's more so with the kids. But I think it kind of goes across. Listen to the points I'm making, okay? Because when I, I do a demonstration, it's going to be very quick. Yeah. Uh, or you might not. You don't have a feel for it and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
but when I'm speaking or when I'm, yeah, when I'm talking you through it, when I'm making points, I think that's that's probably more important than anything. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if that's actually, I don't know if that's a pet peeve, but you know what I mean? Just an observation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's cool. That makes sense. Yeah. And I definitely agree that uh, you see it all the time. It's not just in Jiu-Jitsu, it's, if someone tried to change my eating habits, for example, it's more comfortable for me to stick to yeah, it's always the same. It's, yeah. it's easy to but stick in your the, the cliche is like growth is going to be uncomfortable in it. 100%. Definition, you're changing who you, who you are as a person, whatever your habits and that, it's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be a period of pushback from it in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think the more the more open you are to trying new things, like opening up another avenue in your game, for example, wrestling, or it could be more niches, having a different style in your wrestling game, yeah, or yeah, yeah. different style in your jiu-jitsu game, it's obviously going to make it better. Do you consider yourself to have a style? What would your style be in wrestling? Are there styles in wrestling? I mean, they're obviously... Oh, there's yeah, there's, def- there's definitely styles. Um, try to think of what, what I'd call it. I, I, it's changed a bit. When I, when I was younger, I was, I, I was kind of... I was a bit, I was relatively fast. I liked being fast. Obviously, shooting to the legs, trying to finish from there, but... As I get older, I like wrestling a bit more from counter-attacks. Mm-hmm. And I think wrestling as a whole has moved much more that way, right. counter-attacks. Right. And there's a lot less people, I think, finishing on like attacks and more people scoring from the other person attacking. Um, yeah. Would you, would you, this is my observation, would you agree that, and generalisation this, but younger, more athletic, athlete, shall we say, would be more inclined to be shooting for legs and stuff, whereas older, less athletic, is more upper body, or is yeah, that yeah, too much of a, yeah, yeah. No, no, it depends, but that, that makes sense, it's more efficient, Yeah, it's more efficient if you're older, and I don't, even me, I mean, not much older than me, you're but not, I'm not old, no, <laughs> no I just look at it, but it can be much more efficient than just wrestling from the yeah. kind of attack or wrestling upper body, because if you're just constantly Going to something mm-hmm. like one, it uses a lot of energy, but you can also get stuck there. I know we spoke last week that entering into the legs is sometimes better for someone maybe older and less athletic, upper body first in it, like we did with your hook. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and that's something we're going to work on. I think this will be tomorrow or tonight, so yeah, we're going to keep working that and say triple that more. But mm-hmm. from next week, I think we're going to really need to go back to getting that confidence in the, in the attack. Yeah. Um, because you, you'll have seen it t- at the end of the, the rounds, when they come into the rounds, there is very few wide attacks actually being... Yeah. You can like less... Yeah, people, people's not, not trying them so much, because probably because of confidence, mm-hmm. but there's very few getting finished as well. Most yeah. of them, at the ones that do, most of them are getting defended upon. So, yeah. And it's just breaking that, breaking that confidence, uh, creating that confidence, sorry, and, and they're attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, Cool. Which isn't easy, but it's, I think it's, yeah, I think it'll work. Well, it's something that we're working on trying to get Yeah, yeah, but no, as I yeah. said, the four guys in here have been mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. And everyone loves it, everyone. It's hard, yeah. it's an hard session, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's good. <laughs> like, not hard as in, like, you're not like beasting us for an hour, like, which is another thing I thought, she's going to come in just beast no, us for an hour. No, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, as I say, I'm not here to try and make the guys fatter. Yeah. I'm not here to condition them into machines. I'm here to improve. My, my role here really is tech. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was the thing that I tried to. Yeah. You, there's the, I don't know why it is. Maybe it's my job as a coach. I'm not, I'm not sure why it is yet. But the nogi scene in this particular club, we've got the diehards who love nogi and they love the wrestling. 
But for people to cross over from the gi into that, there's some sort of barrier, whether it's some of the techniques that are taught, maybe they're a little bit like intimidated by the physicality of the wrestling. But I'm trying to get people to, it's, you're not beasting us for an hour. Yeah. The first, the warm-up's probably the hardest bit. <laughs> and then we've got like, it's really technical in it for the for most of the class, yeah. a couple of wrestling rounds at the end. Yeah. That's what I would say to people who are members of this club in particular, who are a bit intimidated by coming. It's not just a beasting for an hour. No, you learn a technique. It's a technique. I don't, I don't see it much. Even if it was a wrestling club, I don't see a value in that. Yeah. I don't see a value in that. Mm -hmm. Even uh, for the wrestling clubs, I coach at, like pure, pure wrestling, get a good warm up and just a slightly longer version of the one yeah. you do here. Offer a, a position. Uh, most of these kids are really going to show in the position and do it this way, blah, 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 for now. Uh, we'll wrestle in that situation and then we'll maybe even cover, cover another technique or then we'll go into uh, wrestling rounds. Mm -hmm. Similar to that, but again, I don't see any value in beasting them. Well, there's not, is there? There's, there's not, there's not. It doesn't benefit you anyone. Injured, you to, right. to me, it's just old school and it's not a case of I'll never go hard. There's times where you do need hard, hard sessions. Yeah. Yes. A lot of the time it's more psychological than anything. But I don't believe in three, four times a week just coming in and just making the guys do shutting, like suicide runs up and down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Matt and that. If you wanted to go and do that, we'd go to a ring club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm here to try and make them better this yeah. and make them just, yeah. And you are, mate. It's, uh, it's been great to have you as part of the team for the last however uh, many months since October last year, hasn't it? Um, if people was interested in maybe approaching you to get them down their club or they want to do one-to-ones, how do people get in touch with you or where are you based? Um, I'm based in West Orton and Bolton um, and if they wanted to get in touch with anything it would probably just be easiest through my Instagram, either Ross Conway, which is my personal account, or Ross Conway Wrestling, which is my wrestling based account. So, um, no, and Dave, I can't thank you enough and the guys here for welcoming them to the gym and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the future. So, mate, appreciate you coming on this morning. Thank you very much. You know, I'm freezing cold. Cheers. <laughs> no, I've roasted it. Nice one, Ross. Cheers, Bob. Cheers, Bob. Thank you. Good. Awesome, man. Thank, Thank you very much, mate. Yeah. Cheers. Enjoyed that.